You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Uh, a man on the show today who hasn't been on the show in quite some time, of course, that is DJ. He uh, hasn't been around for quite some weeks, DJ, but uh, it's good to have you back on the show. How's things been? Yeah, Colin, been good and enjoying watching some Irish-American football where obviously the commissioner seems to have some sense and logic behind him, but I'm sure everybody knows that I'm more than likely going to have a day get two people during the show, one being the New York Jets organisation, the other being Roger Goodell. Yeah, well, of course, DJ hasn't been on since the you know the deflate the kit punishment was handed down, uh, Tom Brady's appeal and so on, and you know uh, that there was partly because he wasn't available to come on the show, and partly because uh, we needed him to cool down a little bit after the news first came out. Uh, anyone following his Twitter feed will know that there was uh, some some hot comments coming out from him. But we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. He obviously mentioned there as well the Irish American Football League, and uh, of course, I'm playing with the Donegal Derry Vipers. We got quite a trouncing in our first game. Uh, as a, as a competitive team, but put up a brave fight on Sunday, and we'll talk about that there a little bit more towards the end of the show, but if anyone noticed me having maybe a, a shortness of breath or something throughout the podcast, probably to do with uh, some of the hits I took on Sunday, but it uh, was very enjoyable all the same, and can't wait to, to get down to Kildare, we're playing down there this Sunday, but more than that uh, towards the end of the show. DJ, I guess we'll get into the NFL news, uh, go through some of the stuff that uh, has happened in the past few days, the past week or so since uh, I'd on the last podcast, and... Uh, you know, I suppose we'll start with the, the Ryan Tannehill uh, contract. Yeah, Colin, Ryan Tannehill signed an extension through the 2020 season. The Miami Dolphins announced on Monday the 26-year-old is the first of four, the big four from the 2012 draft class, and that's Andrew Luck, RG3, and Russell Wilson to solidify a second deal. And I'm sure a lot of those quarterbacks will be keeping a very close eye, particularly Luck and Russell Wilson, RG3, not as much unless he improves in this season, which I expect him to do. But it's a four-year extension, includes a staggering $77 million in new money column. I wouldn't mind, even if he gave me a tenth of that, fifth, whatever he wants to donate to Overtime Ireland. But $77 million in new money column, very interesting. $25 million is fully guaranteed with Forty-five million guarantees over the life of the deal, but Tannehill has to be on the roster to earn those guarantees. And unless Ryan Tannehill's performance dramatically drops, I don't see the Dolphins cutting him anytime soon. Yeah, it was a four-year deal. Legion, you mentioned there, you know, the the real guarantee in this contract's twenty-five million. Then what is guaranteed over the life of the deal is the forty-five million. You mentioned he has to be on the roster to get those bonuses, but. You know, Tannehill, he was having a little bit of a rocky patch maybe the, you know, at the start of the season last year, just before that Wembley game, came over, played the Oakland Raiders in Wembley, had a big, big day in that game, and he really didn't look back for the rest of the season. Had a, you know, I, I thought he had a really, a really solid year, his third year in the league, and he's improved each and every year. He's a former wide receiver and at college. He only played, I think it was one or two years at the quarterback position before getting drafted by the Dolphins. So, you know, you mentioned there as well the contract for uh, how it's going to kind of set the stage for what happens with the likes of Russell Wilson, who's in contract negotiations with the Seahawks, like Andrew Luck. 
those guys have all been given the, the fifth year options as has RG3 RG3 won't be getting a new contract I don't think this off season they're going to see how he goes during this year can he get back to something similar to that rookie form that he had in his first year when he was a rookie of the year and you know Andrew Luck and uh, Russell Wilson more likely to get their extensions this this off season and this kind of sets the bar for that. You mentioned the seventy seven million as well over the total contract. Well, he still falls under the uh, you know the kind of mark that has been set on the last few contracts of twenty million dollars per season. So he's going to be under that on the average over the four years. But still coming off that rookie contract, uh, you know, a good deal here for I think both the the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. We're going to see more of these contracts. We've seen it with uh, Andy Dalton. We've seen it with Colin Kaepernick. Where it's a bit more team friendly bit more the, the you get a guaranteed money as in this case the 45 million but only 25 that is fully guaranteed so after two years maybe if they if they think that Tannehill isn't uh, playing to the sufficient levels they think it gives them a bit of leverage to try and renegotiate the contract or cut him and uh, then they don't have to pay the additional 20 million in guarantees that's on the end of that contract so it's, it's an interesting contract from the team and I think this is the way we're going to see uh, some of these contracts going but you know, there's talk then that Russell Wilson might get a further bit of uh, guaranteed money uh, rather than this here sort of situation. So Tannehill just below those two guys uh, in terms uh, of his play, certainly. And of course, uh, he hasn't got his team to the playoffs yet, so the team had that there, a little bit of you know leverage on that one. It's going to be interesting, DJ, though, as I have mentioned there a couple of times now, uh, Russell Wilson, how his contract's handled from this point forward and how Andrew Lux is handled as well i expect them guys to get you know close to or over a hundred million dollars in their contract whether it be a five or six year deal or what way it be put out but um i'm looking forward to seeing now how, how those negotiations progress after this here because i think teams were waiting similar to some of the wide receivers that came out around this time um in the same draft class up in 2012 maybe even the 2011 draft class people like des bray and people like demarius thomas you know they're, they're waiting aj green waiting to see who puts up the contract first, and then that there, the agent's going to say, "Well, I want at least that, if not a little bit more." So it's going to it's going to take them all, and it'll kind of snowball from there. So let's see how it goes. But uh, Ryan Tannehill, a player that I've uh, given you know a lot of credit to at times when maybe some people were a lot uh, tougher against him, and uh, he's a quarterback I like watching, and definitely showed development last year. And you know, last year was uh, the first year with Bill Lazor as the the team's offensive coordinator, and I thought there was some nice things there. They've taken in some nice pieces for him, so. Let's see what the uh, Dolphins do this year. I'm sure, DJ, you're hoping they do uh, quite bad, but you know, uh, I think they're going to put up a fight uh, this year against the Patriots. But as I talked with uh, Russell Goldman last week, I think there's a possibility they could be the fourth team in this division last year with the improvements that the Jets and the Bills have made as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one, but Ryan Tannehill's bank account will be looking a lot, lot healthier. I'm sure it was looking pretty healthy before this week, but it's going to be looking a lot, lot healthier uh, now after this contract. And I didn't mention at the top of the show, but we're going to be running through our top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League, filling up a bit of off-season time. Uh, going to talk about that later in the show. And it'll be interesting to see if Ryan Tannehill makes either list. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, player DJ no longer going to be playing in the NFL. It had been rumoured for quite some time. The 49ers have lost a, a few players this off-season to retirement. Uh, the big shock was the, the Chris Borland one. This one, not as much of a shock, but still it's going to be a, a tough one for the 49ers to get over in this offseason. Yeah, column five-time Pro Bowl player Justin Smith, who split his 14 seasons in the NFL evenly between the Cincinnati Bengals and San Francisco, announced on Monday that he's going to retire from the NFL and decided win, winning physical skills as the reason he will no longer keep playing. I suppose when you're a player that has been to the Pro Bowl 
five times in 14 seasons. He probably can see that his play is slightly declining and doesn't want to be a player that hangs about too long and ends up being cut by an NFL team. Yeah, he's a player, you know, that if you look around the league, a lot of players will have huge respect for. He's definitely a warrior at his position, 14 years in the league. He uh, He's had a few injuries over the past couple of seasons, but, you know, particularly those two years where they really dominated the Packers in the playoffs, he was a player that I uh, really d- didn't like seeing uh, the Packers coming up against. Definitely uh, a very, very physical athlete, and uh, it's going to be tough, as I mentioned, with the other players in the 49ers team uh, retiring, stepping away this year as well. Chris Borland, I already mentioned. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to re- to replace those uh, to replace those players, uh, but you know, depending on how they, the the prospects come out of the draft go and so on for them, um, they'll be hoping to do so. But you know, he said when you get on ball tires, you've got ball tires, and it was just time to move on. An interesting way to look at it, but uh, maybe he thought the tire was going to eventually bust. And we see lots of players DJ hang on for too long. Maybe should retire, and they just keep going. He's played fourteen years. That's a hell of a career in the NFL, and. Uh, you know, sometimes it's knowing when to go out on top, uh, when to go out when you're playing at a significantly high level. Some people do hang on just a little bit too long, and you start to see, you know, the the, the holes appearing in the game. So, wish him uh, all the best as he as he moves into retirement. But um, he was a, a great servant for both the Bengals, where he might not get as much credit as he he probably deserves because the team wasn't uh, very su- successful in his time there. But the the Forty Niners had a huge kind of rebuilding time under Jim Harbaugh when he was there and uh, you have to give him uh, credit for what an addition he was to that franchise Ian Com mentioning franchises it's increasingly likely that from the 2016 season that there will be an NFL franchise in Los Angeles and barring the, at the meeting this week off NFL owners in San Francisco it's going to be discussed again barring a surprise the two main projects will be the Hollywood project in Inglewood which has been driven by Rams owner Stan Kroenke and the Carson project with the Raiders and Chargers partnership behind it so it's going to be interesting to see which one of these will end up being given the go ahead to move their team to LA yeah, it'll be interesting to just see if an actual announcement comes out at this stage of the, you know, maybe even who the favourite team is to definitely, like, who, you know, who's in the front running. We have heard those three teams mentioned. Seems like it'll be the, the San Diego Chargers and the Raiders as a joint bid, as you mentioned, and of course the uh, St. Louis Rams on their own with, uh, you mentioned there, Stan Kroenke, also the uh, Arsenal, Arsenal owner as well. But I think um, from a league perspective, I think it's going to be, it'll be easier to move the Rams just move one team, take them over, and just continue the divisions and everything is normal. Let the Rams set up there. They've been in LA in, in their past history and so on. The other two teams have uh, been there as well, but taking a two teams in, and two teams in particular who you know aren't very fond of each other, it's, uh, it makes it a little bit more difficult then. Both teams are in the same division, so if they do go uh, to LA together, they're going to have to at least change one of them to a different division. You'd imagine, similar to the situation with the, the Jets and the uh, Giants that they're in two different conferences, so we can see big changes then being switched around in the, the different divisions and so on and so forth. So that'll be a little bit, a bit more work for the league. But you know, I, I think at the minute I would have to say the front runner, in my opinion, just from the the standpoint of what would be involved. I think the Rams probably makes the most sense. But you know, the Rams and Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke is a shrewd business owner and. He has owned land in LA for quite some time and there's some rumours going around that maybe he's using this to get more leverage to get a new stadium built in St. Louis. So we'll see what happens with these league um, 
meetings this week are going to be very very interesting to, to see what comes out and you always get little different bits of pieces in news that do do filter out and a lot of them can be uh, quite big quite big bits in news so looking forward uh, to hearing more as the week goes on and anyone you know obviously listen to the podcast maybe this coming out tuesday early in the week anyone listening to it later in the week might already know some of the news but uh, i definitely will be staying tuned to uh, twitter and uh, the NFL Network and social media to see what the big decisions are. The other one, DJ, up for our discussion is possible changes to the PAT. Yeah, call something that's talked about nearly every year, and it's one of these things that does come up repeatedly. And it'll be interesting to see if they agree to changes. Proposal number 14 would move the PAT 15 yards from the defensive team's goal line. Yeah, DJ, that's the one, uh, you know, obviously put forward by your New England Patriots, and it, it gives the option to take the, the PAT back an additional uh, 15 yards, for, and, you know, that'll be for the one-point try, so try and, similar to what was done last preseason, make it a little bit more difficult, uh, kicking from further out, so a little bit more uh, uh, misses, maybe make it a little bit more interesting, rather than just a kind of standard kick over after every play that uh, is rarely, rarely blocked, but... um. You know, the, the other option to this play, DJ, is that if the scoring team wanted to run it or pass it, go for two points, the ball will be snapped from the two-yard line. So, you know, that gives you basically, take you go for two points, you go from the two-yard line, you want to go for the, the one single point after. You go from the 15-yard line, uh, you know, as you go back from the defensive team's goal line. So it's 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 going to be, uh, I think that there is probably the most interesting one. But 14A then was just submitted as well. It would mean that... Basically, you're kicking from the 15, but uh, both teams would have an opportunity to, to get points in the play. So, and and you know, in perspective of it, was blocked, uh, tipped or whatever. The the defensive team then can try and return it for uh, a score. But rather than it be the same as a field goal, where it could be returned for a touchdown, when it would be returned, it would just be returned for two points. But it would still give the team the opportunity to score, which is which is interesting. So it's basically the same rule as the Patriots have suggested, except for you could return it for that score. And then the last one is 14B, and this is one by the Eagles. And it's instead of basically the same again, but instead of snapping the ball from the two-yard line for the two-point conversion, you'd be snapping the ball from the one-yard line. So hence uh, Tim Tebow's back with the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe if this rule is uh, kicked out the door, maybe Tim Tebow will follow it out the door in, in Philadelphia. We'll see what happens with Tim Tebow. Obviously, there'll be a lot of talk about him in pre-season. Uh, you know, he's a hot news uh, topic at all times, even if he's doing nothing. So uh, it's, it's hard to know which one's going to come in. They're all fairly similar, slight little changes in each of them, but uh, I'm sure come Friday uh, this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, we'll start to hear more about it and we'll know uh, a little bit more about the options that might happen. But I think uh, something has to kind of change because at the moment, uh, you know, it's just, it's almost a certainty. I think it's 99.5% uh, off PATs are scored and, you know, a lot of people now, rather than wait for the commercial break after the PAT, just, uh, you know, go get their go get a new beer, go to the, the bathroom, whatever they want to do. Don't even bother watching the PATs because uh, they are very, very seldom missed in the NFL. A little bit of DJ off uh, sad news, obviously, just as we go through the rest of the news. And Seahawks defensive end Jesse Williams has uh, has to undergo kidney surgery. is uh, a preliminary type 2 cancer, uh, and he obviously has to go under, under the knife for that there. So he's going to miss... Uh, probably the majority of this season hopefully then he can make a comeback he was a fifth round pick in 2013 and uh, he's uh, not going to play in the NFL yet because of multiple knee injuries so 
by all extents and purposes, the Seahawks still think he's a, a talented player with the ability to, to make the roster, make an impact in the NFL. But just with uh, the knee injuries previously in this year, sad uh, piece of news that uh, he'll not be playing probably this season either in the NFL. But uh, wish him a, a speedy recovery and see uh, if he can get back on the field uh, next season. DJ, we have uh, amazingly gone uh, almost 17 minutes without you... Uh, bursting into a rant about the New England Patriots. Obviously, Tom Brady has uh, appealed his um, suspension of four games. I think uh, as the suspension uh, and the hearing is with Roger Goodell, we'll see what happens. But first and foremost, uh, let's get your unbiased and uh, I'm sure very uh, quieted response on what you think will happen and what you think should happen in this case. Yeah, Colin, the fact Roger Goodell's... um going to be hearing it why do we not just bring in Rex Ryan and let him decide you know have somebody that's not biased in this case I know Goodell's probably desperate to get another team in the AFC East in the AFC East but he could have really went away about it with way better methods I know he's getting Brady suspended for four games which is absolutely ludicrous with the shambolic evidence that was heard and well, I'm just going just gonna to jump across you, and uh, you said that he has got uh, Tom Brady suspended for four games. At this point, um, the Wells report uh, has got Tom Brady suspended for four games. Possibly Roger Goodell, DJ, going from a, a neutral perspective, will hear Tom Brady's case and uh, maybe think that four games was uh, too much, uh, maybe take it down to two games and so on. Do you think uh, already, you think he's had a big influence on the, the Ted Wells report? Well, Colin, being a scientist and having looked at the scientific evidence in the report the on, like, clearly anybody in the NFL's office and understanding the gas law and the fact that I think it was 11 out of the 12 balls measured at halftime were within the limits and well within the limits, yet the NFL and Ted Wells, who's independent, I do air quotes at that point, said that completely scrapped Walt Anderson's evidence of the fact that he thought he used the Wilson gauge and seemingly Ted Wells, who wasn't at the game, (laughs) magically saw that Walt Anderson used a different gauge at all times, completely disregarding the evidence of a long-standing and well-respected NFL official. But I know Tom Brady looks like he's going to miss the first four games because I think I really don't think Goodell's going to overturn it. And then, of course, the Patriots lose their first round pick for next season. Yet another ridiculous call. Completely through the rule book at the Patriots. Their own rule book that was created in some backroom office <laughs> at some stage during the offseason where Suddenly, what the Patriots supposedly done, yet scientific evidence says, is completely within the realms of possibility without anybody going near a football. And the other thing is, they they talk about how severe the effect was, but what what was the score at halftime in that game column? The Colts never had a chance of winning that game. There was more chance of the Jaguars and the Jets winning the next five Super Bowls in a row between them than the Colts ever won in that game. So the effect that 
this one ball supposedly had on the game is absolutely ludicrous. I can see as well, I know obviously, uh, I'm sure you've got a, a little bit of steam off your chest there, feeling a bit better, but when you look back at it, not only this game, obviously there was uh, some uh, thoughts of the someone in the NFL, whatever it was that was tampering going on, previously with the, the balls, maybe not in this game, maybe in some other... There was obviously a thought, because they measured it before the game, measured it at halftime, and uh, they jumped to this conclusion almost immediately. The news came out kind of the day after, even late that night, and when you look back, there was obviously something there to try and catch the Patriots out, and the uh, the situation with the gas law, I'm sure, like myself, I know you know the gas law, you're involved with science, I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly what it is, I've listened to a lot about it at this stage, quite frankly probably fed up of hearing about the, the gas law, but the referees obviously didn't uh, hear Jim Diopolis on uh, Pro Football Talk, a man we've had on the show a number of times, he was saying that obviously the officials didn't take that into account, the, uh, the, the measurements weren't really taken note of before the game, uh, as they you know, if you were doing an investigation, it should have been. So maybe that there shows the NFL maybe weren't looking into this quite as much. But things uh, of that nature, can't really blame the refs all that much on, on that there for not knowing the ideal gas laws and so on. Because, uh, you know, games are played in Green Bay regularly in freezing cold conditions. And I've never heard anyone talking about the, the, the atmospheric pressure or so on inside any of the ball. So the other thing you mentioned, the uh, one ge- or the, the draft pick. Very, very high draft pick. I was expecting, I said this to you before, I was expecting a two-game suspension for Tom Brady. I was expecting maybe a late-round draft pick and a fine for the Patriots. But they also lost a fourth-round pick uh, in two years' time, lost a fourth-round pick next year. Very, very steep punishments. But the NFL's logic behind that was, of course, Spygate a couple of years ago, so they have had previous. Like anything, if you have previous, you go to the court, say if it as a court of law, you've done something in the past, you do it a second time, you're going to get a bigger punishment than if you've just done it on the first occasion. So maybe that there as well, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting when this goes to court because obviously the, the rela- relationship that Robert Kraft and uh, Roger Goodell have is, you know, it's a quite a cro- close relationship and it's going to be interesting to see how this has tested it because, you know, Peter King has an interview that he talked with uh, Robert Kraft about for the, the Monday Morning Quarterback this week and he says that all you can really tell is that he's, you know, he's upset about how it's been handled, he's disappointed by how it's been handled and we'll just see, we'll see what happens. And his exact quote was when he asked about his relationship with Roger Goodell, he said, uh, "You'll have to ask him." So we'll see. We'll see what happens coming out of it. There's a lot of things. I think the league are. Uh, I think when Roger Goodell hears the, the stuff by Tom Brady, I think it's going to be probably re- taken down to a two-game suspension. As I talked with Russ about last week, I think two games is probably fair enough. And I, I've said this to a lot of people. It's been lost in the shuffle, but the punishment is not exactly for the the tampering with the footballs. I think the the majority of the punishment is for not uh, helping with the investigation. You know, he was asked for his. You know, cell phone. He was asked for to give up uh, emails. He didn't do so, and then it came out in the report as well that his agent would have been allowed to, you know, go through them, only hand over the ones that were involved in it. So anything about any extra personal information getting out wasn't going to happen. But it is. It's a tough one. Uh, we'll hear when the hearing comes in, DJ. I think you'll probably see Tom Brady in that third game off the season. I think it'll be reduced to two games. But you know, it's hard to know and. The NFL players, the players committee can complain all they want, but when they had the, the collective bargaining agreement, which Robert could, uh, or which uh, Robert Kraft helped uh, finalise a lot of the, the the scenarios in it, give the the all the power to Roger Goodell uh, as kind of the judge, jury, and executioner. So we'll see what happens. There's been this a couple of times in the last few years. The rules seem to change from team to team. We've seen 
the situation this year with Greg Hardy getting the additional suspension after missing the majority of last season. We've seen with Adrian Peterson getting cleared in the court of law, still not being allowed to play in the NFL. We've seen Ray Rice as well in a similar situation. So we'll see what comes out of it, but um, it's it's probably going to go on a little bit longer. I know as a Patriot supporter, it's got to be quite annoying and... Uh, you know, at this stage, it's just it seems to be the only thing in this kind of dead space of NFL news that has uh, been on a 24-7 news cycle. So we'll uh, trudge on and DJ to our top 10 quarterbacks. I'm sure Mr. Tom Brady will feature somewhere along the lines on yours. Maybe we'll start uh, from, I don't know, maybe we'll go from number 10 upwards. Uh, do you want to go with your number 10 as the NFL's top tier of quarterbacks? Yeah, I'm just looking at NFL.com and comparing it with Dave Damashek and Elliot Harrison's top 10 quarterbacks and Eli Manning and actually the number 10, 9 and 10 are the Manning brothers and I think that's a bit harsh on Peyton having them that low down at number 9, Eli at number 10 It's a tough call now I would probably have Tony Romo slightly ahead of Eli Manning Colin, what would be your view there? Yeah, DJ, I can see I can see the reasoning for having um, for having Eli Manning in the top ten, but he's not a player that you know. I think after two seasons ago performance, he did make a bit of a comeback season last year, but he's still not going to be somebody who I would have in my top ten. Peyton then been down at number nine. I think is a he's you know you're you're going on if you go in the first part of the season, he's probably up there at number two or three. Going on the end of the season, he's probably down there uh, in the late teens, but. I think it's it's harsh now having him at number nine. I'm going to have him a little bit higher on my list. A player DJ that I do like, and um, you know, there's a couple of them in there that could be in that range. There's the likes of Alex Smith, the likes of Cam Newton, Eli Manning, as you mentioned, Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford. But if I uh, you know had to go had to get myself a quarterback now uh, in a draft off these players that I would have in that bracket, I'm going to have to go. And Matt Ryan's going to have to slot in there for me at number 10 on the list because I think when you look at, you know, even last year when there was a lot of injuries and the, the offense was still able to move the ball, I do like him from when he came into the league. Great winning record, particularly at home in the NFL. And I do like him under pressure. I like how he handles the, the whole game in general. And, you know, I think uh, Matt Ryan, in my opinion, is a, a top 10 quarterback. And then next, you know, I'd be looking when you're going out of that top 10, you're probably looking at the likes of Cam Newton and Joe Flacco. It's hard to fit everyone in when you're going narrowing the whole league down to a third. I know not every team has a top quarterback, but there is around uh, you know, 15, 16 you could argue to slot into this top 10. But my number 10 quarterback would be Matt Ryan uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, you know, you mentioned already Peyton Manning, number 9. I'm going to have to go and uh, little, change that just a little bit. And you know, Russell Wilson's done a lot of great things since he came into the league, and I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, what he's done. But uh, I'm just... Um, you know, if I had to go and you put him into a standard offense, not the way the Seattle Seahawks play. If you took away Marshawn Lynch, there's a lot of things there that mightn't just work out as well for him. We've seen Matt Ryan do it without a quarterback or without a running back, and I've had him a spot lower on the list. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Won the Super Bowl two years ago, got him to the Super Bowl again this year. But uh, I'm still waiting to see just that next stage now where he really pushes on his development as a, a top, top NFL quarterback. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson there, DJ, at the number nine spot. So I guess it's your turn to, to bounce it on up there to number eight. And uh, who's your number eight? Okay, I'll probably slide Peyton Manning in at number eight in my own rankings. I think, you know, he has turned 39 during this off season, And this is based on him holding up for the whole of next season, I think. He's been very good over the years, and I think even based on last year, he deserves to be in the top ten. He had a lot of serious 
players at his disposal last year, and that probably helped him a bit. But it'll be interesting to see how he copes this year and how the Broncos ultimately get on as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, last week we done our Dynasty Rookie Draft as a part of our Dynasty League that we, we set up last year. We're taking on the rookies. I think if you're starting a Dynasty League now, you know, you're looking at players for the long term, looking five, ten years ahead. You know, you're managing your roster from the start. I think Peyton Manning's obviously going to be a lot further down this list, but you know, I think we're going to agree on this one, DJ. Just, I'm not ready to to hang it up on Peyton Manning. Two years ago, I said that, or last season, before last season, rather, I said didn't think he was going to do what he'd done the year before. He didn't quite do what he'd done the year before, but when he started the season, he was on fire up until maybe the eighth, ninth game of the season. I remember they played the St. Louis Rams and uh, they lost that game, and it was a big shock. And that was kind of the first game that he started to maybe deteriorate a little bit in performance, but. You know, if you're starting a team, I, I definitely don't think there's uh, ten people you're going to put on the list higher than them. And I do feel a bit uh, feel a bit wrong putting him here at number eight, but uh, no doubt about it that uh, he could uh, be the top quarterback in the league this year. But just on his physical performance towards the end of the season, I'm going to have to drop him down a couple of spots below where I would normally think about ranking him. So so far, uh, that's the first one we've agreed on. Number eight, Peyton Manning, up to number seven. Where are you going there? It's a toss-up between these two players, Colin. It's between Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. Whether to put Luck at six, Russell Wilson at seven, or do it the other way. And I think I'm going to go with Andrew Luck at number seven and Russell Wilson at number six, purely because what Russell Wilson has done with that Seahawks team, I know he has a lot of very good players at his disposal, but he's got them two, two Super Bowls in a row, so... The one thing I would have to say against that argument is if you put uh, Andrew Luck into the Seahawks team, you give him a running back with the uh, experience and running ability off somebody like Marshawn Lynch. You put that defense behind him as well. You ask him to throw the ball a little less. Uh, one of his problems has been uh, for Andrew Luck, that is, is turning the ball over interceptions. And, uh, you know, he still puts up the points on the board. I know there might be a bit more talent at wide receiver in Indianapolis but when you look at what he worked with when he came in there wasn't a lot there there was Reggie Wayne and the other pieces were all drafted the same year so he's done a phenomenal job as well to get them in with him so you're going with Russell Wilson number seven Andrew Luck or the other way around uh, Andrew Luck number seven Russell Wilson number six Andrew Luck's going to be a lot higher in my list uh, just uh, to put that one out there a player that uh, a lot of people too like to get on top of and it's Tony Romo um, I'm going to go with him at number seven they had a good season last year but he had that running game and it was the first year that they really went with the running game on a consistent basis due to the offensive line being so good and of course DeMarco Murray staying healthy for the whole if not maybe not fully healthy for the last couple of seasons with that hand or a couple of games with that hand injury but uh, he had a phenomenal year running the ball so that helped Romo out if, if they can't get the running game going this year we'll see what happens sometimes a lot of pressure on Tony Romo there a player I do like to watch and uh, sometimes he slips into that gunslinger mentality and uh, then when we're bumping up to the next position, it's going to be Philip Rivers. Rivers last year started the, the season on fire. There was a lot of people talking about, is he the MVP of the league? I remember being out in Seattle that second week of the season, or out in San Diego, sorry, the second week of the season, and he had a great, great game, him and Antonio Gates up against the Seahawks coming off that Super Bowl win. And, you know, from that point forward, up until the kind of halfway stage, he had a great season. A few injuries then uh, he picked up. He's, you know, he's a player that always plays through the pain, but... I think that uh, he is up there after his performance last season when people are starting to talk about him as a, a potential MVP at the start of the year. Uh, I think he's up there. And I'm going to slot him in at number six for my ranking. So we're into the top five now. Might push through some of these a little bit quicker than we, we have been going through the, the first five. But uh, who's up next, DJ, for you in your rankings? 
Yeah, comment number five, I'm going to go with Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I think Big Ben's been there in recent years and been a very good player. And he had some very good running backs last year. And I think he's one that probably doesn't get enough credit at times for the performances that he does put in. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, and it's another guy DJ I'll talk about in a minute. He's uh, he's further up my, my rankings here. Uh, next man up on the list, DJ, and similar to Peyton Manning, but, uh, you know, Peyton was da- had a down performance towards the end of the season, whereas Drew Brees had a tough year, and now he's losing his main target, his favourite target, and Jimmy Graham. He's headed off to Seattle in that trade. They've taken in Branton Cooks. They still have Marquise Colson, but Colson's been inconsistent. There's question marks going around about... Uh, Drew Brees just as he gets older similar to Peyton Manning so uh, I think I'm going to put him at 5 I don't think I could put him any higher than that and I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs this season uh, you know there's there's some question marks floating around is it interesting because these guys are all getting slightly older same with Tom Brady same with Peyton Manning and just uh, as age starts to catch up you start to, to question these guys a little bit more but still has the potential to probably go out there and uh, throw for 4,000 yards this season so Drew Brees would be my number 5 DJ up next and you know, I guess if we're going on this on all the players that are going to be playing all 16 games, we don't know he'll play at the end of the season in case of injuries, but Tom Brady's missing the first two games of the season, so he's not going to probably put up some of the stats that the other guys on this list are going to have. He is getting a little bit older. He had a phenomenal run there in the last couple of games of the playoffs. You mentioned the Colts game the uh, earlier in the show. You mentioned, or, uh, obviously, they played the Ravens, then a big, big game there where he went kind of toe-to-toe him and Joe Flacco slinging it all over the field big game there as well and then in the Super Bowl of course in particular that fourth quarter was immaculate got the Super Bowl MVP and uh, you know showed that for all the doubters he can still do it but you know I'm not doubting Tom Brady but uh, I'm going to slot him in here at number four and uh, maybe just as a little bit of doubt again as as the age comparison goes into it so Tom Brady is my number four overall we're starting DJ now the top three I guess we'll do number three and number two and then we'll uh, round it off with our number one after those two so your number three and number two. Yeah, sorry, Colin. I think there must have been some uh, static there. Did I hear seriously hear you send Tom Brady at number four? Um, DJ here, of course, jumping in with a completely non-biased uh, New England Patriots um, <laughs> New England Patriots uh, defense. Well, Colin, let's say uh, we've had quarterbacks that were far higher up certain people's lists on this uh, roundup. I'm going to put Tom Brady in at number two and. Purely because I don't want Goodell, the Jets fans, and anybody else to say I'm biased in this. So Tom Brady's going to number two. Number three. Could be a shock here in DJ's cards. He possibly could have Jimmy Garoppolo as the number one overall quarterback in the NFL. But we'll let him do his number uh, three first. Yeah, Colin, we're just going to... If we're going with September, Jimmy's definitely going to be number one in this. <laughs> number three's actually a tough one. I suppose Drew Brees there or thereabouts, but... I think I'm going to put Drew Brees in at number three, purely because I feel sorry for Sean Payton and the coaching staff there ruining Drew Brees' Christmas for the next (laughs) number of years, giving away Jimmy Graham. Maybe they have some new toy that they're going to magically roll out of somewhere and give that to Drew Brees, but this season's really going to challenge Drew Brees as to how good of a quarterback he is when he doesn't have Jimmy Graham. Yeah, you have that. It's a bit like you know people question Tom Brady when... uh Gronk was injured, uh, you know, when you get Gronk then in, Leverance, the revival of Tom Brady, how much is that linked to what Gronk offers on the field? Similar with, 
you know the red zone target that you can have there and Jimmy Graham but you know Breeze was a good quarterback long before Jimmy Graham came along and he could be a good quarterback long after it I'm going to now DJ number three and number two on my list and you mentioned them earlier I think it was your number seven so I've bumped them up five spots here and it's uh, Andrew Luck the one thing uh, I think we're going to see another leap forward from Luck you know he's since he came into the league absolutely phenomenal love watching the guy play really athletic uh, does so many things well reads the game well the only thing he doesn't do sometimes he could uh, live to play another down and he'll you know throw an interception that he shouldn't be throwing that ball at all but that'll all come with it Andrew Luck's growing as a quarterback a lot of the time you know 10 years ago like when Aaron Rodgers came into the league didn't play to his third year in the league sitting behind a quarterback learning from him the whole way could you imagine if they drafted Andrew Luck two years before Peyton Manning went to Denver Broncos sit behind Peyton Manning learn from him and then go on and play you know we could see these improvements straight away but he just has to learn and on the go and he's improving each and every season so Andrew Luck there at number three and I think in the next couple of years he'll probably elevate himself up to number one on my list but uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that Colts offense going this year it's going to be incredible to to watch what they do and uh, he's number two on my list you had him a little bit lower too but a player who I think you know, the team has been built around the run and defense for a long, long time in Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, the last couple of seasons been a little bit less run oriented, uh, particularly last season. The defense hasn't been as good, so they've had to put up points, uh, you know, on a regular kind of basis. And what Ben Roethlisberger is doing, he has some young receivers in around him now. He's a young running back in Le'Veon Bell. He's going to miss the start of the season, but he will be back in then coming off that injury as well, and uh, he'll be fresh. And you look at the guys around him, Antonio Brown's had a phenomenal couple of seasons, and you know, Marcus Wheaton, Martavis Bryant have come in last year as rookies and had, had good games along the way. So we'll see we'll see what he does this year. But I thought just his control of the offense, how the team moved forward from two years ago, from three years ago, bouncing it back up. He's a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And uh, I think at that time when he won it twice, although he had big spots, big games in it, we're going to look around and uh, we'll say that you know it was more based on the defense. Maybe similar to what we're on about Russell Wilson at the moment. Uh, the way it's based around the defense and the running game in Seattle, quite a, quite a few similarities when you when I mentioned it. Actually, I thought of, and I think now we're looking at this as Ben Roethlisberger's team. They're going on offense. We're going to see what they do when he's given the keys to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise, and uh, he signed a new contract there. He's going to be there for the the foreseeable future anyway, and uh, he's my number two quarterback overall. So, uh, DJ, we're up to number one. We're going to let you go first, and. Uh, Will I do a drum roll for the announcing of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah, I'll call him my number one. I'm sure it's going to shock and astound you. And since you went with a fantasy pick at number four, I might stick in Geno Smith maybe at number one. No, I'm only joking. Sorry, Geno. You're not Gino, making my... Gino. Sorry to Jets fans. Surprisingly, Geno's not making my top ten. Maybe he'll improve this season. And MVP. MVP. He might get the Jets MVP column, but I think that's as far as it's going. No, I'm going to put in Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't have four Super Bowl rings, but in a way we'll not get into that. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has been consistent, and I'm sure he'll be consistent again this year, and perhaps he might manage to get the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl this year, Colin. Yeah, you mentioned he doesn't have four, but uh, after this season he's going to have two, and... uh We'll just we'll leave it at that, and uh, there's no surprises, DJ. My number one quarterback is also Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he has everything. He's athletic. 
He's got the, the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. He's really got everything that you want in your quarterback. Reading the game well uh, now, and he's improving. Doesn't throw many interceptions. Doesn't turn the ball over, obviously. And I uh, just love everything about his game. Obviously, it sounds like a complete homer decision, but I can't see too many people arguing. You know, last season, Peyton Manning was in that, you know, is Peyton better than Rodgers? I think last season towards the end of the season just the way the season finished with uh, Manning maybe his game dropping off as we mentioned earlier and Rodgers the league MVP I think uh, there's not much of a discussion to be had there um, when we're on the subject of Green Bay Packers and uh, probably affect my street cred quite a bit here with uh, this revelation but uh, went to see uh, Pitch Perfect 2 on Saturday night uh, with my girlfriend and uh, quite a good film but uh, the, the stars of the show definitely were the Green Bay Packers offensive line and uh, Clay Matthews went in and uh, they had a little role in it. So my excuse for going is simply because uh, going to support the Packers, going to support Clay Matthews and uh, support the likes of David Bakhtiari and so on that were in there for the offensive line. Uh, quite a funny fellow, man. I'm going along to see it, but definitely have to say, go Pack Go. And uh, they really did steal the show. And uh, that's a huge exaggeration as well. But the Green Bay Packers, uh, they were actually in, in the film. DJ, uh, as we finish up here, obviously Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback in the history of the world, uh, is both our number ones. Unanimous decision, and uh, that's all we'll say about that. But finishing up, uh, I mentioned earlier we played uh, up in Belfast with the Donegal Derry Vipers on Sunday. DJ was up uh, recording the game as well, and um, it was a lot closer game. We did get a, a kind of blowout in our first ever game. Got taught a lot of lessons by the Belfast Trojans. They are the the team that has won. The last three uh, IAFA Shamrock Bowls, which is you know the, the biggest prize you can win here in Ireland and in, in the American football calendar, um, we were playing their B team, uh, the second string they're called, and uh, although they had a, a few guys that played uh, both both games there, so um, they are definitely a team that after the first game we learned a lot of what we had to do, went back to the drawing board, trained uh, very hard over the last three weeks and made huge improvements. Still lost the game, but a much much more respectable scoreline and. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, still very, very sore from the game two days after it. I think I'm going to be sore all this week. And uh, we have a quick turnaround. We're heading down to Kildare this week to play the South Kildare Soldiers. I don't know if we have any people listening uh, on a regular basis from down about Kildare. It'd be interesting to see if we have any South Kildare Soldiers or even Belfast Trojans uh, who listen into the show. Uh, it's been interesting. A few weeks playing. Uh, got, a, got a few different people coming up to me and asking about the podcast. So... Uh, any of you that are hit us, a, hit us a little tweet there anyone else playing in the Irish American Football Association know a lot of you are following us give us a little uh, mention about how your games are going and so on and so forth and uh, get more interaction between all of the IFA teams because uh, at IFA Ireland are doing a tremendous job in growing this league and hopefully the Vipers can grow as the future goes and uh, we'll see how we get on on Sunday and uh, hopefully I'll be taking the field again get this ankle healed up and all the other guys that are nursing their wounds will be uh, ready to go this Sunday down in Kildare looking forward to that one not a lot of other stuff DJ I suppose we've talked on we've filled up the, the show kind of there with all the uh, top 10 quarterback anyone that wants different topics uh, talked about maybe top 10 wide receivers you know certain things like that cornerbacks whatever you want to have going give us uh, give us a little tweet at Overtime Ireland let us know what topics you want to hear in the, the coming weeks we have a number of guests lined up they'll be coming up in, in the upcoming week's show so we'll be filling up stuff with topics for them so any questions we'll put out about the guests coming on let us know what you want to hear asked and uh, topics you want to hear discussed let us know as always the website OvertimeIreland.com it is quiet at the moment with the off-season going on, but uh, obviously you can find all the uh, information about the podcast and what's going on there, as well as our Twitter feed. Do get following us. If you're listening to us uh, on iTunes or Stitch or whatever you're listening to us on, available on multiple devices, don't be afraid to download multiple devices as well, but as always, hit us up with a written or a comment on that, and of course, 
Please do remember to subscribe, keep spreading the word as you have been doing, and I guess, DJ, all that's left to say until our next show, and uh, I think it might have been nearly two months since you were on last, so we'll uh, hopefully have you on again sooner than that. Uh, I guess all that's left to say is, I'm DJ, actually I'm Colin. <laughs> Must have got a concussion on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.